I'm Amanda Steele, Senior Managing Director of CBRE's Asset Services Business in the Pacific. This week, CBRE is celebrating Wellness Week, where we focus on the role that sustainability and wellness plays in shaping the future of the property industry. As part of this initiative, we've launched a new podcast series, Carpool Conversations, where we'll talk to some of the owners, occupiers and industry groups who are leading this agenda. Today, I'm delighted to be carpooling with Romley Majew, Head of the Green Building Council of Australia, with thanks to Evoke, Australia's first zero emission luxury chauffeur service. Rom, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Amanda. And I do want to say, I do feel like I'm going to be Adele and you're going to be James Corden because that's really what it feels like, carpool karaoke. I'm going to sing. So we need to work out the song that we're going to sing today at some stage during this um, lovely podcast. Yes, I agree. And I'm a terrible singer, so maybe it'll have to be something really easy. (laughs) Rom, Green Building Council of Australia have been doing a lot around wellness for quite some time. You've been leaders in this space. Why is that the case? I think it started with Green Star, which we launched in 2002, and it was the way that we incorporated indoor environment quality in our rating tool. So it's really been part of what we've been doing since the early days. A number of the other rating tools really looked at energy and water, whereas we took a more holistic approach. So the Australian industry was quite broad in their thinking around wellness, and so I think that was really interesting that we took that approach, and then it changed when we started developing Green Star Communities. And that was in 2008. And we were looking at livability, and in that, health and wellbeing again yeah. came into play. And that was little things like walkability, mm. gardens, uh, access to green space, access to food. When you look at our statistics now on Green Star Communities, we have 70 projects either certified or registered to Green Star Communities with 30 certified. On a global scale, Mm. we are leading, not per capita, we're just leading on a global scale. And so I think, again, it shows that leadership in health and wellbeing thinking that we started taking it into our thinking around precincts and buildings in the early days before even other global tools started taking off. In specifically in health and wellbeing, I think um, it shows that our market's really innovative in their thinking, and also they love trying new things. Yeah, yeah. and they like they're not afraid to try new things. Yeah, and that's interesting because of course in Australia there's that massive tall poppy syndrome, and so when people start talking new and they talk wellness and they talk well, that you know where is it happening? Where can we go to see what's happening in wellbeing and wellness in the property sector? But really, it's happening really well here. And that's great thinking about that because. I've travelled now overseas to look at buildings overseas and I did a number of case studies and site visits in New York of well-certified projects and I was like, wow, you know, I really appreciated going on those site tours. Australia rocks. Yeah. We really are leading when it comes to health and wellbeing and indoor environment quality Mm. and and the innovation that we have in this area. Mm. When you look at other markets, their markets are quite fragmented. Yeah. Whereas our market is... You know, we could literally say who the top 20 owners are in our market. And whilst they're incredibly competitive, they're incredibly collaborative. Yeah. And that collaboration has led to us leading globally. And that's shown in the GRESB results, the Global Real Estate Sustainability Benchmark results. And we've we've led that for now for the last seven years. And collaboration consistently comes out in that. Yeah, for sure. Is well-being something that is just for that top end of town? Are you just seeing the interest in well-being in the built form just for the big institutional investors? 
I don't think so because when you look at the universities now, it's very much something that they take into consideration because it's something that students take seriously. Mm. You know, they want the green space, they want access to healthy food, they want all those things taken into consideration when they're going to university. When you think about hospitals, schools, when you think about places like uh, airports, Mm. shopping centres, so it's not just that A-grade and premium-grade building anymore. When you think about buildings, people think about just the building. Yeah, they do. I think health and wellbeing is broader than just the building, and I think we've got to be really cognisant of ensuring that we don't just focus on the building, but we think about where the building is placed within a precinct. Mm. And it's really important that people have access to green space and proper green space. It's not just grass. Yeah. But that they have access to cycleways, walkability, really lovely space that's quite serene Mm. and they can Mm. be one with nature. So I think it's much broader and we have those opportunities in Australia that other jurisdictions don't have. Yeah, right. And that's something that we have to ensure that in our cities that we maintain and that Mm. we don't lose with urbanisation. Yeah. And there's some fantastic examples of that that is happening around Australia and that we have been able to maintain. There's a lot in that and, you know, you talk about being at one with nature and having serene places. Mental health obviously has a role to play in health and wellbeing, although I think sometimes we just go to the easy issues. So give me some trees, give me some plants, give me some bike racks. But what about the mental health? So mental health is really important and there's been some really interesting studies in that. With our latest Green Star Design and as built tool, we've actually put a revised credit in there specifically around mental health. Mm. The suicide rates in the industry are very high and so we're really looking at the management plans that the industry take into consideration through the design and construction of buildings. And it really is around thinking about our workforce and the environment that they're working in Mm. and are we taking that into consideration? But it's also when you're coming to green space, people have to have access to the right green space. And there, again, has been a lot of work into that. Then you've got to take into consideration activity-based working, flexible work arrangements, and all the things that a lot of workplaces are working and talking about now, you know, like Stockland has all jobs flex. And that all has an impact on people's mental health. Mm, Um, Do workplaces have an open workplace where, you know, when you have um, are you okay days, that it's when people recognise that someone might need help in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. And all those things are being taken into consideration. And I think as an industry, we've got much better at this. I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago. But I'm really proud, if you think of the fact that our industry led in sustainability, we're now leading when it comes to gender diversity. A number of our members have come out when it comes to marriage equality. we have. And we are leading when it comes to mates in construction Mm. and in mental health. So it's something that we have to be quite cognizant of. So we've talked a little about the international perspective and how Australia is leading. What is it about Australian culture that makes us want to be so fit and well? You're a good person to ask because you are fit and well. I am. Well, I'm an active uh, surf lifesaver and uh, I I still patrol. I patrolled yesterday. (laughs) I think, look, I think part of it is our, you know, it's our lifestyle and I think it's our 
if you look at Australian our temperature and our environment, it comes back to our competitive nature, mm. and we are a sporting culture. Yeah. I think if you go to a property council lunch, it starts with what AFL team <laughs> or what NRL team or what happened on the weekend in some sort of sporting yeah. type thing, and it's quite interesting. Everything seems to you know emanate around sport. Mm. Mm. All of us seem to be tweeting what or doing some sort of social media on what our kids did on the weekend. Absolutely. And I coming back to your mental health, one of the things around mental health is staying active, yeah, which is incredibly that. important. In Australia, our environment really lends itself to staying active, whereas yeah. you, you wouldn't say that in other environments. You know, we don't have the smog yeah. that other countries do, yeah. and we really do have some fantastic green spaces around, and we're really fortunate that way. So I think we're a very lucky country that uh, lends itself to that. I think people should be doing more when it comes to sport. Yeah. I'm a real <laughs> advocate yeah. in everyone playing sport, uh, but that's just me. The Well Institute, American institution, tell me about your alignment, the Green Building Council. We started working very closely with them in the very early days. The Green Building Council prides itself in aligning ourselves with a lot of local organisations and international organisations where they feel that the partnership would benefit our members. And one of the other things we've learnt is that there was a lot of criticism and has been a lot of criticism about all the rating tools that there are globally. Mm. And so with Well coming up with this international standard, it was a great opportunity for our members just to have one way of doing something. Yeah. So that was why we were very interested in, in what Well was doing with the Well Building Standard. So we are looking at doing something quite unique. So one of their staff is based with us and has been since March. Yep. And because Australia is leading in so many areas, we've been working with them in Australianising mm. the world standard, yeah, great. in recognising the leadership that we've been taking uh, globally. And also, we're the third leading country when it comes to registrations globally. Really? And so that means that we work really proactively mm. with them in courses and um, well APs and in a whole lot of other areas really to benefit our members yep. and to make sure that um, you know they can get their certifications through and it really just aligns with their business. Yeah, great. So the certification for well, it's one of those things that's, that's changed a lot and getting better and you mentioned the Australianising of the tool and that really had yeah. to happen. Are you getting that groundswell now of people registering their projects or are so, people still hesitant? Well, it was really interesting. It went through a funny stage. It, I think the same thing happened when um, Green Star and Neighbours came yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Is that everyone jumps on board yep. and then it all kind of peters off yep. and then it's picking up again. And I think what the change was, there was a leadership change yeah. at, at Well and that really has had a huge impact for the positive. Yep. Um, Rick Fedrizzi, who used to be the head of the US Green Building Council, is now the president and CEO of IWBI and that's been a huge benefit. Yeah, great. Really has. And Rachel Gutter has come across and she's the chief product officer and she's fantastic and she really listens to projects and has moved incredibly quickly to move the, the technical side of the tools to be much more focused where they need to be. I yeah. think before there was a lot of criticism about well around cost mm. and that it was quite bureaucratic and the same was said about Green Star exactly years ago. The same. I mean, exactly it's, the same. Same. it's like deja vu. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we sit back with a little bit of a smile on our face yeah. and going, oh wow, yeah. it used to be like us 10 years ago. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe eight years ago. But one of the things I will say about them is that they're being incredibly responsive. Yeah, great. They are listening to our members. But I think it will be a slower uptake for 
projects to take that on. Yeah. I think others are watching. Yeah, for sure. And seeing how that, that plays out. I think there is a lot of similarities in where the Green Building Council was, you know, 10 years ago with, with Well. And the cost and the bureaucracy is, is one of the complaints that you hear. You also hear people saying, oh, we'll just design it according to Well, but we won't register. Which is what they did with exactly Greenstar. Exactly what I they mean, did it with literally, it, That's what they did with Greenstar. So why should you register for Well? Because it's the same thing as why you should register to Greenstar. It's greenwash if you don't. Why would a tenant or a shareholder or the public believe what you have to say if you're not third-party certified? And I think it's so easy. And we've had... There's, there's even been a court case in Melbourne where a project was designed to Greenstar and yep. not certified. And in the end, it blew up because it really wasn't a Greenstar project. Yep. It really, really wasn't. So you really can't say you're designed to well if you haven't been certified. Yeah. And it really will come and bite you if you don't do the right thing. So it's all well and good to say, oh, we designed it too. But really, you can't promote that. And we're all trademarked. Like, Greenstar's trademarked, well is trademarked. So you really can't go out, you know, loud and proud and mm. say, we made the hard yards and do all the hard work. Uh, you can't say that unless you've really certified to it. it. Yeah. I think also, you know, having worked in development as well as in property management, it gets to that terrible part of value engineering. You know, the development is blowing out on costs. What's the first thing that will be stripped out without that discipline around that commitment to green or well? That's the first thing that will be called. But I think the payback in the long term, really, you've got to look at the payback and you've got to take that into consideration. And well, I know, has done a lot of work in that. And so you just need to talk to them and get the reports on that and the statistical evidence because they are showing that there's payback both in employee satisfaction, in productivity, in the fact that, you know, it can't, it, the, the payback is really quite short yeah. Yeah. and they do have that evidence. Yeah, and that productivity piece has been the missing piece for so long mm. and the research is solid around mm. it, isn't it? It yeah. is. And I think the other thing that I'm going to do a Dorothy Dixie here on myself Good. is that there is a 30% crossover between Well and Green Star. That yeah. if you get a Green Star rating, which, you know, most of the, I mean, in, in Australia now, 37% of CBD is certified to Green Star, yeah. Yeah. you're already 30% of the way of getting your Well rating. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the industry is so sophisticated now, they all just say it's business as usual. And the cost is just not there because they, they're just doing They're yeah. doing it anyway. Yeah. Those that, project manage it well and are designing it well it's just part of their day-to-day of what they're doing yep so those of you who are listening to this you've got to really challenge your professional team and say are you trained properly have you worked on the projects show me the evidence of doing that because if they're costing it too high then yeah. they haven't worked on the projects yep. Beautiful. because it's those teams that have got the experience who are in the know and they just know how to deliver they really do and we've got so many examples of that where teams have just said oh it doesn't cost any extra because we've just been delivering it and here are the examples yeah yeah absolutely no surprise so what's the next thing is it going to be well for a long time yet there's a lot more to do yet isn't it no i think you know what i think it'll be carbon I think well will become business as usual. Yep. And I think it'll be delivering to net zero. Yeah. I think we'll see two things happening. I think with the Paris Agreement mm-hmm. and the commitments we've made, and I think with the changes to the National Construction Code, I think you're going to be seeing that we're going to be pushing our buildings really hard, really quickly. Yep. And that's going to have an impact on the design of our buildings. And that's going to put pressure on Green Star and Well and neighbours 
and we welcome that. Yeah. I know the neighbours and the Green Star team work incredibly closely together. Yeah. But it, it means that not only are you going to have to deliver it to um, net zero by 2030 on new builds and by 2050 for existing, you're going to have to be really clever at how you do that. And you can't hide yeah. from that. You're just going to have to deliver. Yeah. And that's going to put an amazing amount of pressure because no longer are we going to have those skyscrapers that are going to be floor-to-ceiling glass. Mm. You just can't do that. Yeah. So that puts pressure on designers about how are you going to design these buildings because you're still going to want those great thing of daylight, yeah, of, of having all these clever buildings, mm. but you're going to have to think about how you're designing it and still achieve these well ratings. Yeah. So we're going to have to be smarter at how we're designing these assets to perform to yeah. net zero. Wow, yeah, that's exciting. going to be really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And I think our industry can achieve it. I really do, and I think we'll be able to achieve it a lot quicker than we think we can. But it is going to be the next frontier. I think the other thing is going to be on social aspects like um, equality, human rights, mm -hmm. and all those, I think, are really going to come to the forefront, especially if you consider we are part of the Asia-Pacific. And I think we're going to have to, in the supply chain, yes. really start showing in the supply chain where did that come from yeah. prove it to me yeah. yeah so where did that timber come from if it came from asia mm. prove to me in the supply chain that ethically it was yeah. sourced and, and that it was done in the right way yeah and i think people are scared about supply chain because it's a pandora's box mm -hmm. once you start to dig how far can you dig and i see it definitely as an industry-wide response the industry really needs to be working on this like we did with green star like we're doing with wells supply chain needs to be a whole of industry approach mm. the modern slavery act comes in Absolutely. next year and that will fundamentally shift the way we build and fit out and and manage buildings and i'm not sure everyone's quite ready for that yet I don't think that they appreciate the impact that it's going to have. Yeah. And I think the leaders probably appreciate it and they'll be able to report on it and yeah. they'll take it into consideration. But through the supply chain, I don't think others have. Yeah. And I think it's going to have an impact in areas that they haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there's that awful risk of media exposure around that as well. It is. Yeah. And then the other thing I think that's going to be interesting is, you know, we've seen what happened in Greenfield, which was absolutely awful, mm. is the issue around materials and cladding. And it's not just cladding. There's other materials as well. Yeah. I think that's all come to the forefront again with the Building Ministers Forum and the leadership that's going to have to take, again, that comes back to supply chain again. It does. On where is it coming from? Yeah. What's the impact? Yeah. What's the long-term effect? Yeah. Show me that it was done the right way. Yeah. And so when you look at um, issues like supply chain and uh, zero emission buildings, we're seeing some great people come out of universities and we're seeing some fantastic think tanks in some universities. Are we seeing enough of that? Is that sector supporting the next generation through with the great ideas and the great tools to help us? So the universities in Australia have been fantastic. Where I think the frustration is, I wish they had more support federally from allowing their creative thinking to come through. Yeah. One thing that I think Australia lacks that other countries do a lot better than we do is the commercialisation of thinking coming out of universities. Yep. In that we aren't as sophisticated as other countries where it comes to that working with industry and universities like they do overseas. Yeah. We're not that great at it. Yep. We really aren't. No, and I no. think we could be better. Yep. 
I think there is that real risk of the universities developing things, and of course we see it happen all the time. It's sold overseas. Mm. That, and we lose it. We do lose it. Mm. And that partnership with universities and industry, it's it's not happening at all. What can shift there? How can that be better done? Is it the government that needs to intervene? Well, I think it's some of the um, programs that we have. So at the moment we have things like ARC and CRCs, mm. but the way that they're structured and they're focused, so it's really the, around the programs and the yeah. program structure is very much around academia and PhD and long term mm. and I think they get frustrated with me because I'm like no our industry moves so quickly and so fast they're faster, 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 faster. <laughs> and they don't move fast enough for yeah. our industry I mean really the property and construction industry moves so incredibly quickly it does. that by the time a PhD student has done a three year paper our industry's moved on we you know we're four years ahead of them yeah, and so we need to look at the way that these programs are structured and making them much more commercially focused that will deliver for the industry faster yeah yep agreed Romilly, I've said it before and I believe it to be true that if we could just harness your personal energy, we could solve the renewable energy problem in Australia. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. My pleasure.